Hi, this is your host, Gracie, and you're listening to Freedom From Shame. I have a special friend here to share some of their shame journey. If he would like to introduce himself. Hi, everyone. This is Philippe. Um, Yes, I'm Grace's friend, and we met uh, during our first year at BSSM, and I'm now a second year BSSM student. Awesome. So glad to have you with us here, Philippe. Um, So I have a couple questions for you. Yeah, no problem. Um, I have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind, um, sharing a little bit of your, your shame story. So my first question for you is if, has there been any area in your life that you have felt a lot of shame about? Yes. Um, I'm 32 years old. So it's like, there has been some years of kind of like developing or navigating shame. And for most part of those years, not even knowing that I was dealing with shame. Um, Cause oftentimes like when it, when it comes to shame, we kind of misdiagnose it as well along the process. Um, mm-hmm. And we think it's one thing, and it's actually rooted in a wound that has caused in shame. And shame is like the biggest hinder of healing because it keeps us in a position where we don't want to move forward, or we, in my case, I isolated. I, I had a tendency of isolating from people in the world and trying to kind of do everything by myself. But mm-hmm. in the recent years, especially the last couple of years, I've been, you know, identifying even more and in the process of becoming free from that. Um, I've always been very ashamed of being who I am. I am extremely affectionate. I love giving hugs and kisses and you know, <laughs> physical affection is a big thing for me. And oh, I come so, from a culture where that's, that's so very sweet. normal. It is. And it's like, it's a Brazilian thing as well. You know, we are, we're just very warm and affectionate, but be, especially because being a man, growing mm-hmm. up in an environment where you're not supposed to show the affection, you know, wow. uh, you holding hands with someone, even if it's like another guy or, you know, giving a guy a hug or a kiss or a girl, if you hug or kiss a girl automatically, like you're interested in her and you can just like be friends. And uh, since growing up, like since being a child, like my, my mom would tell stories of how at three years old, I would just like walk into, you know, kindergarten and, and just hug even the security and give them kisses and just be super affectionate towards people. But throughout the years, especially like the years in school, there was so much uh, shame that was kind of like spoken over me in terms of like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. You know, I would be bullied and called names, you know, that I was, you know, um, all sorts of, you know, horrible names just because I was extremely affectionate. And throughout the years, I became extremely ashamed of being affectionate towards people. But that was something that God had put in me. I was I was created, designed to actually manifest affection in that way. Um, and love people even like to the physical level, which is so important because there's a lot of people who actually need healing and like a good hug and a good kiss will make them feel seen and known and valued, you know? And for over a decade, I began to cancel myself through shame. So every time that I would be with people where I would feel like I wanted to hug someone or, or, or just be affectionate towards someone, I would immediately feel there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm probably like, uh, um, I'm broken inside. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to be this person, you know? So the level of shame for me was always like hindering or stopping me from being the fullness of who I was created to be, which is someone extremely affectionate, you know? And I, I endured, ended up like enduring a lot of pain in that in those years because the lesser I was of myself, 
the more pain I felt and then the more shame I felt, which meant that any moment, you know, in a, in a long period of time, if I actually showed affection to someone, you know, I gave someone a hug or a kiss, automatically I would go back home and start thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, an impure, unsafe person because I was affectionate towards this person. You know, wow. so in a, in a nutshell, it was like it was a level of canceling my identity because of the shame of just being who I was supposed to be extremely affectionate and touchy. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that being really difficult. I mean, my personally, my love language is physical touch. And I imagine there's a huge like cultural stigma, especially for men, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I guess my next question would be is like feeling that shame about, you know, wanting to express affection physically. How, what did you do in the past to try to alleviate your shame? And did it work? Um, I think like one of the biggest things was seclusion. I ended up secluding myself a lot um, and make not engage with people. Like I would avoid being in in social environments or just go to a party or be at someone's house because I knew that eventually I would want to to just be myself and be affectionate towards people. So what I did, I for many years, uh, over a decade, in fact, I stopped doing that. You know. And I would not be affectionate towards people. But in that process of secluding myself more and more and more and more, I ended up getting into a place where um, shame led me to pornography and even to pursue like physical affection, like sex um, with people that I shouldn't. You know, I ended up having like a, a year of even like experimenting. And, and because there was such a like a deep need for like affection towards men, I ended up like getting involved with, you know, homosexuality and a feeling physical attraction towards other men because I had this huge lack in me. And that only increased shame. So pornography and then going to bars and getting drunk just so I could feel affection, you know, from someone who was not in like the family. It was not safe people, you know, it's broken people. But my, my heart was just pursuing to feel affection, to be validated and to feel valued and seen and worthy, uh, as some sort of worth by physical affection. And that actually led to immorality you know wow well thank you so much for sharing that Philippe I appreciate your vulnerability and authenticity you know it's like oh thank you yeah we were all created you know to have deep connections and like when that when those those needs for intimacy like healthy intimacy like aren't met um a lot of us will end up turning to unhealthy ways to have those needs met um yeah so it yeah, sounds yeah. like it sounds like the methods that you alleviate the shame that you felt like actually made it worse is that correct oh Totally. Yeah. It made made so much worse because then you had the condemnation of the enemy condemning you for, you know, sin practice, you know, right. and it felt like uh, for, for that entire year, for that period of time, like it felt like it, there was no way out. You know, shame was the only thing that I knew. And then I had to keep hiding it because I did not feel safe or comfortable enough with the people that I should trust that they were the people around me, like in family and like friends um, to just be real with them and say, hey, I need I need to expose where my heart is. And it became a cycle, you know, and the more that happened, yeah. the more dead inside I felt. Yeah, I know about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so during during this whole um, time period, what were what would you say were some of the messages that shame made you believe about yourself? I think the main one was that there was something extremely wrong with me and mm -hmm. there was no way I could I was going to change. And the only way out for me was to, at some point, like take my own life because the pain of shame was so heavy that I actually entertained and, and you know, had a couple of experiences where I actually tried to take my own life because of that, because shame grew so much and because there was no place for like to, to have that, 
you know, we talk about like physical affection, but for me, like my heart wants to be affectionate towards people by having that place where I connect and I can be myself and say, you know, who I am. And in that spiral, the lie was there's something so wrong with you that as soon as people find out, they're going to reject you. And so there's mm-hmm. no way out for you. If you want the pain to stop, you have to take your own life. Wow. It sounds like to me what I'm hearing is that you had like this genuine, legitimate need for connection and how, you know, especially you said you're from, you're from Brazil and over there yeah. it's, it's more normal for men to be affectionate. Is that true? Well, it is to, a, to an extent. I think like there's a lot, unfortunately, in our culture, like Brazilian people, as, as I believe, like any Latin person, we, we're just created by God with just heat in our blood. That's a, that's a fact. <laughs> But it gets it gets redirected the wrong way, and I think like you know we, you you see that like when you look at men in Brazil, as as a whole as a culture, I'm not uh, you know generalizing everyone, but it's like the majority of our culture is because there's such a deep need for connection and affection that is supposed to be godly and with both women and men, not in a sexual way, but just be that affection. Where I stand is when that is not met, that part of our identity as men is not actually met men become extremely sexualized because there's this mm-hmm. this whole stream of affection that has to be placed somewhere and that's right. when it becomes extremely sexualized and and it's it's vulgar it's 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 very bad just as like some people like me like i ended up going into a side where there was immorality there is immorality that every man end, ends up like getting involved with because there's a lack of actually that stream that is supposed to be hey there's there's a part of your heart that is to be given to another man to a best friend to a brother you know and when that's not met your heart's still going to want to get that stuff like that, that affection somewhere, but it becomes a physical fleshly affection. And that's why you end up with, you know, a culture that is so high on the sexualization of things, you know? So there is a need for affection. We are all like built by God for that. Affection. I mean, if you think about God, like the Bible says that he, he is highly affectionate towards us, you know, to the point that he pursues us with such a deep, jealous love. Now imagine being created at the image and likeness of God, having the part of God's nature in us, and then not having that nature addressed in the way that God intended it to. Inevitably, what's going to happen is all that affection, all that jealousy, all that desire gets redirected to something that's carnal. And that's when like sin and immorality increased. You know, unfortunately, Brazil is a, is a nation that until this moment, it's still extremely sexualized. You know, I went on a trip to, to Brazil a few weeks ago about a month ago and I hadn't been there for for some time and I'm in my city in Sao Paulo and every other block on the you know the corners like in the city had a sex shop you have more sex shops than you have bakeries in Brazil and what is that that's actually like an outlet for people because there is a need for affection that is goes beyond sex goes beyond the physical body it's an emotional and spiritual thing that it's not being addressed so all that energy all that desire gets directed to one thing the flesh and then you end up with a culture that even the children are highly sexualized. I was so like, you know, a, a porn when I, I would walk on the streets and see kids like playing and all their games, all their the, the, the things that they're doing is highly sexualized. It's their language, it's the boys like touching the girls like and they're like little kids, you know, and it's like there's this hyper sexualization because every single ounce of desire has been transferred to a physical thing rather than a heart thing. You know, it's the vulnerability place. And then the spirit thing, the connection between and the bond of the spirit to create family, to create structure of family, you know? So even though we are a culture that is extremely like affectionate, unfortunately, our culture has been uh, um, torn by the enemy in so many aspects where that is being redirected to the wrong place. 
and you end up with a culture where sex and you know violence and, and all sorts of things in that area um, have just grown exponentially. You know, and it's sad to watch because when I look at it, I see I know that this is all happening because there's a huge lack of real pure connection that God actually intended for us to have with one another, but we can't have it because sin and shame has been has been inserted in there. You know. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's like how I look at my own culture and, and even people around me. It's like there is so much need that people will present and they will have literally because there is a lack of trust to be affectionate towards one another, another. Like, you know, like the Bible says, I love when the Bible says that, you know, what the Apostle Paul is writing and it says, hey, greet every brother, every sister with a holy kiss. There is an affection that is transferred in that. And yet it's extremely odd, even in the church, if a, if a brother you know, gives a kiss to another brother on the cheek, if that guy's probably there's something wrong with him, you know? And again, it's like, it, it, we became so ingrained with that. We're so worried about impurity that we forget that the holiness of God actually deals with all of that in us. We try to sanctify ourselves by creating so many different things, so many resources to keep us from that place where, oh, I'm not gonna step across this line because this is unholy, this is, this is a sin. And God's like, no, I actually designed you to experience affection, pure affection towards one another, you know? And again, there are levels of it, but it's like, there's, it's, it's the posture of a heart for me, you know, that what I identify and that's what I've been learning even in my own process is where is my heart in this? When I hug someone, be it a sister, be it a brother, am I hugging them from a place where my heart's for them? Am I fully affectionate towards them with a holy love? You know, because we talk about like, even with, with women, how many relationships exist because come out of this place of need of a dependence of affection that is not actually met the right way because the heart isn't really in it, you know? So it's like, it's a, it's a whole thing for me. Yeah, that's all so great. I think this this conversation is super important. Sounding like the ideas of masculinity, right? Um, because, I mean, there is a there is a genuine and legitimate and pure and innocent, you know, desire for connection and intimacy. And that's all good. And so I'm hearing yeah. you say that, like, you have that desire within you which is normal and good but that you were shamed into thinking that it was somehow bad because you know physical touch a lot of the time especially in different cultures is stigmatized as sexual right yeah, so i feel yeah, like for yeah. women it's a little bit you can go up and give a girl a hug or like you know exactly yeah cuddly yeah. with a girl but guys if they do that you know it it's like inappropriate so i guess my next question for you is like how did you um like start to shake shame like when did shame start to lose its grip on you um i think it was it was definitely last year or when i moved to redding california i was living in england for about 10 years and i came to redding california to attend um, bssm and in that process um i ended up meeting you know one of one of one of my close friends in fact like my closest friend like my my best friend someone that i i'm learning to trust even more deeply now and um in that process, I remember that one of the things, the first time that I, I entered the house and I met him in person, um, I remember the Holy Spirit told me, I want you to give this man 100% of your trust. And 100% of trust meant every single ounce of you, you are supposed to make available to this person, you know? And in that process, we began to talk and to connect and we went through various, you know, situations together that actually led for me to be able to vocalize experiences and situations that I had lived in and lies of the enemy that I was living under without even knowing that they were lies. I began to vocalize. So what happened is God just started showing me that there is this pure brotherly brotherly connection that he had designed for and he had ordained and in that place he began to heal my heart not of the wounds necessarily because the wounds are being healed but he was he began to restore the the 
the truth of you know affection and brotherly love as the bible as, as the bible teaches so it was fundamental for me to step away and to start moving myself from this place of shame two things one yieldingness to the holy spirit and trusting that the holy spirit is is doing the best thing for me you know the bible says that all things work for our good they work together for our good so first thing is i have to trust god enough to know that as he calls me to a an environment a place a city a relationship to to engage with people whatever it may be i have to trust that he is good and that everything that god is doing for me is for my good and it's actually he has the best interest for me the second thing was actually allowing people in and it's funny because this friend like he's 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 you know my my best friend and you know becoming a brother it's it's this thing of he represents literally every single bully that i had growing up so god puts me in a relationship with someone in a friendship with someone where everything that i've known of a bully of a man who scared me and who caused me to feel shame is this person that i'm supposed to be in covenant and yoked with the lord it means it means when you're in covenant with someone or you're yoked with someone it means that you have been saying like how like a, a plow works when they put like two two bulls or two oxes to actually plow the ground they put a yoke on them which means that no, both meant, of them are like i meant what did you mean when you said he it, like encompasses everything that was a bully to you oh because because he like it, he's being transformed as well like in a beautiful way it's it's funny how like god is working in my heart to heal that wound in my heart and to heal that place and remove shame but he's doing the same thing to him he comes from the opposite side he is like a proper man's man and he is like you know no physical affection and no love and no <laughs> love towards men and it's like god puts me with someone who has no ability whatsoever in that moment to actually give me what i have always desired but i didn't know how to communicate not only that but god actually brings out of me everything that's part of my identity and starts showing that identity to 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 my friend to my brother because it's dealing with his heart at the same time that's in his mind it's almost as if god says hey i am going to put you in a situation i'm going to give you someone who i know i designed and i ordained in a way that you guys are going to love each other deeply as i have intended for every one of my children to do in that process you're going to face all of your fears and in that place if you trust me i am going to quench your fears by showing to you that what you have inside who you are is real you know but the challenging part is like even conversations he literally represented my bullies i was bullied like by by pretty much every guy in my class you know every every boy in my class in high school and in junior high you know i was bullied because of my affection because i was affection i liked giving people hugs everyone you know and I would give every girl in my class hugs so they started because they were jealous and they were angry because I I would give them hugs and they would and because of the whole man thing you know you're not supposed to be affectionate you have to be like dirty and filthy and speak with a filthy language because that's what girls like and it's like no I was kind I was loving I was tender I would like hold their hair while they're crying because some boy like broke their hearts in school so I was called Believe. like you know a, <laughs> Yeah, and it was like I was just tender-hearted. I've always been extremely tender-hearted for people. I have a passion and a love for people that's just like throughout the years growing up, the boys would be so threatened and angry at it, which is a pl- place in their hearts as well that I believe it's there. God created them with that capacity as well. But they would feel so threatened by it that they would use words and they would like push me around and beat me up and all this kind of stuff. So I come into this environment of 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 school which was, you know, a moment of god and i meet this guy who literally his speech his way of dressing the way that he does things it's exactly like my bullies back in school 
And God comes to me and says, I want you to give this guy who looks like your bully, who sounds like your bully, who smells like your bullies, I want you to give him 100% of your heart. I want you to be the fullness of who you are, who I created you to be. And then it, it began the conversation, God, who am I? And the Holy Spirit then starts teaching me and showing me, you are extremely affectionate. You love with a with a, a love of a father who wants to adopt. And you bring everyone into your heart and you want them to be your family. And you are not ashamed of calling them your children. And you're not ashamed to love them, to show affection to them in the middle of the street. I remember one day the Holy Spirit used the picture of a father. I'm in the supermarket and I see this father with his son who was probably like 12 to 14 years old. And, and they're walking in the supermarket and I can feel just this tangible fatherly love for, for in, in that environment. And I watch as they walk together and, and the dad has his arm on his son's shoulder for the entire time. And his son's smiling at him and they're walking together and there's just this thing. And then his son is happy and his son asks his father to get something, to buy something. And his dad's like, yes, you can have it. Just put it in the cart. Oh, you can get two of it, you know? And there was this, this thing of like, a father and a son who walk in purity of love and who walk in, walk in the way that God designed for us, for us to walk with him in the place where I am not ashamed of my dad and my dad's not ashamed of me. I am not ashamed of my brother and my brother's not ashamed of me. I am not ashamed of my sister and my sister is not ashamed of me. You know, because it's like we live in a, in a world where the enemy has distorted the, 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 uh, the truth about affection and that part of the nature, the character of God that every sign of affection that you see becomes automatically in people's heads. There is this place of, oh, it's, it's impure, you know? There's a yeah, lot of assumptions. Yeah, or it's sexual, it's inappropriate. It's extremely sexual, and inappropriate. It's and then you have Exactly, and that's the thing. It's like, no, there's a purity that God, I, I love, I love the, you know, Adam and Eve, and we're talking about like, you know, the nakedness of them, but it, for me, it talks of vulnerability, not just physical nakedness, but it's like they knew each other deeply, you know? If you if you're naked in front of someone, they can see every scar that you have. They can see every bump that you have. They can see every mold that you have. They can see every you know thing that is kind of wonky and wrong with your body. It's like there's no hiding, you know. And for me, that affection that is in my heart is about that. It's about you know my heart so deeply that there's nothing the enemy will ever use to cause shame. Because when the enemy wants to point out something to me in hiddenness, in darkness, to shame me, you as my family will come. Hey. I know what that scar is for. And the enemy is telling you that that scar was self-inflicted, but it wasn't. Remember that scar, someone hurt you on that day and you're restored. That scar is not a wound anymore. It's not bleeding anymore. It's actually all, all healed. There's something of the nature of God that is manifested through the body of Christ, through the church, through the bride, in actually encouraging and reminding each other that we are all good, that God loves us. But the only way for people to be able to speak into our hearts the way that God wants to speak through the body into our hearts is if I allow people in. And shame will keep people out. Because as soon as I, as a man, I am, I, I talk to my brother and say, hey, I'm, I'm having like a hard time with this thing. Like there's this person, I have this feeling towards this person. And I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, like men, is not talk about our feelings. You know, <laughs> so I, I had a, I had a friend who like, heartbroken you know because he loved this girl and he got heartbroken and he never talked to anyone about his heartbreak what happened is throughout the months as he's trying to deal with the heartbreak because he he couldn't have her like as, as his girlfriend because he loved her and 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 she did not want anything to do with him he ended up becoming so heavy with that pain that he resorted to pornography so the enemy will actually use the issues of the affection that's not met to actually then insert sin into it being affectionate right. isn't a sin 
feelings are not a sin. What becomes a sin is the enemy will take hold of a wound and he will be like, I will lead you into this place where you're going to try to feel comforted. And then I'm going to lead you to artificial comfort, which can be alcohol, it can be drugs, it can be pornography, it can be, you know, sex with, with, with prostitutes, whatever it may be. The whole intent of the enemy is to keep us from actually strengthening each other, strengthening the body. Now, if my friend, we had this conversation, if he had come to me and said, hey, I, I just had my heart broken and I don't know what to do. And I feel like this pain inside of me and just wept and cried, you know, and said, I am in pain right now. My position as his brother would be, hey, come here, let me hug you. And I would hold him because there's actually something of the, of the, of the presence of God and the comfort of God that is transferred through our physical affection for one another. You know, it's the thing of like, hey, you're safe. You're not alone in this. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to stay here with you. And I'm going to weep with you as you weep because your heart was broken. I can feel the pain of your heart and you're not alone. What that would have done, it would let him, even though there would be pain and you have to work through pain and process the pain, but he would know I'm not alone. So I don't have to hide myself in my room and watch pornography because pornography then becomes an addiction. And that's when you go into a spiral and the enemy keeps you in that place of shame because now it's a sin. His heartbreak wasn't a sin. But right. what led into a sin was the fact that he did not have a safe space or there was no one in the body. that could There was no outlet. There was no outlet. And that's the beautiful word, in fact, because there are there are outlets that God has created in the body for us to support each other. Why is it that the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice and then weep with those who weep? You're supposed to be each other's outlets for both the joy and the sorrow. Why? Because the body strengthens itself. You know, and oftentimes in moments of heartbreak, the enemy comes in because we're in a vulnerable position and you start lying. Oh, you know, you're ugly. It's because you are, you, you smell. It's because you don't have money. Oh, I'm not good enough. Not I'm good never going to be good enough. I don't have money. I don't have a job. I'm this person. And the enemy comes in and he starts destroying identity. The whole focus of the enemy is to lie so that he can destroy our, our identity or our, our ability to see who we really are so we can move more and more away from God further and further out you know at the end so, of the day boss the enemy wants us to keep away from our father yeah ultimately yeah so i'm hearing i'm hearing you say that you know the shame was really keeping you isolated and then what began oh, yeah. to kind of break off the shame was when you you know you met your friend that you're talking about who yeah. accomplished several purposes like you you both kind of needed each other right because he's you oh, yeah, both are yeah. on different ends of the spectrum and then finding acceptance within him was kind of healing those wounds of others who had rejected you um and yeah. then also the the healing of being really seen for who you are and not rejected um that really dispels yeah. shame um yeah i guess what i would like to know now um is You're talking about, you know, God and Holy Spirit a lot. Was there any specific verse in the Bible that um, that you came across or that the Holy Spirit led you to that really helped or that was really instrumental in helping you get free from shame? Yeah, I think like for me, fundamentally, is the entire Psalms 139. But there's a specific verse when David is talking and he says, like, I was wonderfully and fearfully made. And he talks yeah. about how his thoughts, like God knew, knows his thoughts and every word that he's going to speak, even before he speaks or even before he has a thought. In this process of becoming who I am, because that's the thing, the only way to break shame is to discover who you are in God, because there's no shame in him. There's no fear in him. So the more I become, I look in the mirror and I start seeing who I am through God's eyes, the less shame I have, because I realize, huh, everything about me is actually perfect in God. I just have these things that are being working, you know, I'm working on and patterns of thinking and patterns of, uh, patterns of feeling. But 
I was actually created an image and likeness of a God who is perfect. So the realization, the, the, the declaration of the passage often over me was fundamental. And it's funny because it makes a hook with our last question and the, the comment about my friend. My friend was fundamental to say those words to me when I was forgetting about it. I would forget there were days I was like moping around and in a lot of pain, emotional pain, because I felt like guilty and shame because of things. And he would come and say, hey, remember, you are wonderfully made. You know, or he would say there was there was something one of the most powerful affirmations that in that relationship happens uh, to this day is when he says like, hey, I love who you are. You wow. are perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. That's and beautiful. that leads me to the passage where it says I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Wait a second. Everything about me today already pleases my father because he made me perfect, which means my mind, my heart, everything about me was fearfully made it was wonderfully made it was intrinsically made it like so intricately and it's like intrinsic to me to be good because god made me that way and so that, that was that, that, verse, was, that has been a declaration that verse um i'm fearfully wonderfully made you said that was in psalms what psalms 139 yeah wow awesome um well this has been awesome uh really appreciate you sharing and being so open about all of this i guess my last question to close um would be if there's anyone that's listening to this that you know finds themselves in like a similar situation struggling with masculinity or struggling with identity or you know any of the things that you've mentioned what advice would you give to someone like currently struggling with shame right now don't isolate mm. don't isolate at all i think that's Amen. the worst thing that we can do um find a brother a sister you know um I know that we are, especially in the culture that we're in, like now uh, in school and BSSM, there's a lot of like spiritual fathers and mothers. But I feel like there's something about brotherly and sisterly love that's fundamental for us to grow healthy as well. And uh, do pursue fathers and mothers. But I think it's in a society that we are today, so much harder to actually find fathers and mothers. It would be a lot easier to find brothers and sisters, you know? Because the level, there's this level of authority that we look at fathers and mothers. And a lot of people don't have good experiences with their fathers and mothers, as well as the siblings. But I think like there's there's something about like the, the accessibility, how easier it is to actually find a good brother and a good sister. You know? So whenever there's shame, don't isolate. Don't go into the ball thinking like, oh, there's something wrong with me. It's like, no, wait a second. Let me call like this best friend that I have or this person that I trust or this person that like knows me a little bit and say, hey. I'm having a hard time right now. Like, these are the thoughts that I'm having. I think that I'm a terrible person. Let that person speak truth over and say, even if they don't know the full truth, they would, you know, this. even in the world, people say, no, no, you're not that. I, man, you're great. You know, you have this thing about you. Ask them to remind you of who you are, you know, because that actually resets the path so you can move away from seclusion and into community. Community is fundamental for us to grow healthy and to grow out of shame as well. You know, and just ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I, I invite you to to just heal my heart, you know, and help me to trust people and help me to trust my brothers and sisters and to also become a good brother or a good sister, you know, but don't seclude yourself. Seclusion, I've done years of it, decades of it, and it's like the worst thing I could ever done, you know, wow. that's literally so good. about two decades of it. That's so good. Like, I honestly, I agree so much. Um, isolation is where shame thrives, you know, because oh, yeah. in isolation, all you have is like your negative thoughts telling you, you know, that no one likes you. You're not good mm -hmm. enough. You're broken. Yep. You have those feelings exposed to the light and you have a friend that, you know, 
looks at you and is like, no, actually, like, I like this about you. I like who you are. Yeah, and then shame, yeah. shame is broken, right? Because shame yeah, can't exist yeah. where there's acceptance. So I think that's exactly. so good. That's such good advice. Um, super appreciate you coming out and um, spending your time sharing all this with us, Philippe. Um, Thank you. This is yeah. fun. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, thank I you. I really hope that, you know, this, I feel like this will speak to a lot of people, especially in our, our culture today, because there's, there's so much like expectations and for oh, men yeah. that, that don't apply to women. So I feel like women have such an easier time of it, which, you know, isn't ultimately fair. Um, but yeah, I hope this yeah. will, this will speak to a lot of people. So thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freedom from Shame. If you liked anything you heard today, please consider following and sharing this link with a friend. I deeply appreciate all your support and hope to see you next time.